One Macon Way, Episode 7, Macon, Where Town Meets Gown. When you think about Southern college towns, Macon, Georgia, wasn't always the first to come to mind. Historically, however, our mid-sized, centrally located city has been home to opportunities to pursue higher education since the 19th century. Founded as the Georgia Female College on December 23, 1836, Wesleyan was the first college in the world chartered to grant degrees to women. Mercer University is the oldest private university in Georgia. In 2013, more than 12,000 fans overflowed the Mercer football stadium on August 31st to watch the Mercer Bears field their first football team in more than 70 years. Middle Georgia State University is both Georgia's newest university and one of its oldest institutions. In 2013, two existing colleges merged, creating one of the state's most affordable universities. Also notable in the neighboring central Georgia communities is the historic Fort Valley State University, Georgia College and State University, and Georgia Military College. Finally, another cornerstone to the post-secondary opportunities is Central Georgia Technical College, offering educational, extracurricular, co-curricular, and workforce development programs and services that support the economic development and well-being of Macon Bibb and 11 surrounding counties. When you talk town and gown, the town being cities and neighborhoods and gown being universities, the benefits of connection are critical. Campuses contribute to the local workforce, the tax base, and even entertainment offerings. Successful connections also solve an issue that sends shutters to any size city, brain drain. A strong town and gown is the best solution to talent attraction and retention. Tapping into that isn't always an instant relationship, but here in Macon Bibb, the connection between the colleges and the community at large has never been more evident, especially in economic development. From education opportunities to workforce development to even increasing residents and creating a more vibrant quality of life, our colleges and universities are at the center of positive community change. In fact, Macon is often looked at as a national example of where community engagement gets an A-plus from urban planners, professors, students, alumni, and local residents alike. So, in the true One Macon declaration of, can you collaborate with community? Does it concern schools, jobs, or sense of place? Is it strategic for the region? Can we move Macon forward? This is the One Macon Way. I am your host, Alex Morrison, Executive Director of the Macon-Bibb County Urban Development Authority and member of the One Macon Steering Committee. When we come back, we're taking a crash course in higher education from our esteemed panel of guests about Macon's newfound college town status. What's been there all along has now taken one of the most prominent roles and purposes in community progress. One Macon is an alliance of private, public, and nonprofit organizations committed to the growth and prosperity of Macon Bibb through a collaborative strategic plan. The implementation of this plan is organized around three crucial pillars jobs, schools, and place. Today, One Macon is made up of more than 40 organizations, and while they each have their own goals and objectives, they are all united in creating an energetic and opportune region where workforce thrives, sense of place is keen, and education excels opportunity. It's in this spirit of collaboration that we move forward the One Macon way. Visit onemacon.org to learn more about today's podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the One Macon way. I'm your host, Alex Morrison, Executive Director of the Urban Development Authority, the visionary development body 
that moves ideas into transformational projects for downtown Macon. We're talking about the impact of town and gown today with an incredible panel of guests. In this episode, you'll hear from Bill Underwood, president of Mercer University, Dr. Christopher Blake, president of Middle Georgia State University, and Dr. Vivia Fowler, president of Wesleyan College. It's quite the feat that we got three of the busiest leaders in Macon Bibb in one room at one time. I also want to note that Dr. Ivan Allen, president of Central Georgia Technical College, wanted to be here as well, but this recording fell on one of CGTC's biggest fundraiser events, and we can all agree, as any college president would shake their head, that he's where he needs to be, so we hope to have him on a later podcast. But today, let's listen in as three college presidents detail what it means to be a university in a growing community and how both can grow together. When we think about making Georgia one of the things that often comes to mind is our history, our location, our music history, but one of the things that we're truly superlative in is having a great concentration of some remarkable higher education institutions, and we are lucky today that we have uh, the presidents of three of our uh, local institutions here, which is not a small feat to have such busy folks here. Uh, and when you think about making the, the higher education, I it's really what has kept us on the map for a long time. It's been the thing that we have been that shining city on the hill for is that we have always been progressive when it comes to educational opportunities. And the folks that we have here today are certainly exemplars of that. The institutions we have represented today, Mercer University, Middle Georgia State University, and Wesleyan College are all examples of uh, extraordinary opportunities for students here. And so we're very pleased that we can dive in and really talk about what is so special about Macon to these institutions and what makes uh, these institutions so special for Macon. And so to get us started, uh, President Underwood from Mercer, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, your tenure and, and really your last year, uh, how, how things are going for Mercer. Well, first of all, thanks for hosting this, Alex. Uh, I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk about higher education, and I agree with your statement that one of the uh, great assets of Macon and Middle Georgia is its higher education infrastructure. You know, we've got an outstanding women's liberal arts college and an outstanding uh, public access university and, and, and a really great technical college, uh, as well as the university I represent. So thanks for hosting this topic. We've had uh, a really outstanding year at Mercer. We've brought in more than a thousand a uh, new freshman, average high school grade point average of 3.95, average SAT scores in the 91st percentile. And I think what's important for Middle Georgia about that is uh, these are talented young people, and the future of this community depends on our ability to attract and retain and develop and nurture uh, talented young people. That's, that's what everything depends on. And... Um, and we're committed to that, and I know that uh, Wesleyan College and Middle Georgia State University are as well. Uh, we've been reclassified as a uh, doctoral research university with high research activity, and that reflects tremendous investments we've made in research, more than $100 million in investment in research facilities just in the last three years. And, and I think that produces... Uh, great student achievement. Uh, we had the national debate champions 
this year, and I'm especially proud of the fact that it was the first African-American team to win the national debate championship. Uh, one of our biomedical engineering students fit our 10,000th amputee in Vietnam with prosthetics developed in our laboratories. And uh, we had two of our senior business students uh, launch Sea Beans Coffee, and I'm really proud of those guys as well. Oh, so yeah. lots of good things happening. It, it really runs the gamut of when, when you have a, a motto like research that reaches out that that doesn't mean just really big picture things. It's interacting with people on a micro level. That And it, it's impressive that all of that's happened in such a short time period. Uh, and, and thinking about things that happen in a short time period, uh, Dr. Blake, uh, you guys have been growing exponentially over at Middle Georgia State. Tell us about your year as the newest university in Georgia. Um, well, again, thank you. I echo Bill's sentiments, Alex. And I do want to say uh, to Mercer and to uh, President Underwood, to my friend Bill, uh, congratulations on the Carnegie R2 designation. That's that's tremendous. It's been an exciting um, uh, time in the last few years. And I think higher education generally is going through a, a sort of recalibration of its its market mission alignment is the phrase that I I often use uh, internally to talk about the decisions that we have to address. Um, we're coming out now um, having five and a half years being a single institution. So we were uh, part of the Board of Regents vision of um, consolidation uh, to reduce the number of institutions of higher learning in the university system of Georgia. Uh, we were one of the first to go. And I think it was a very, very appropriate and powerful vision to to take two very dis different institutions but build a regional presence with its core in Macon. Uh, but I am constantly aware that we service about 18 counties around here and effectively are recruiting primarily from those counties, a few international students, a few in the areas of athletics and in, in specialized fields like um, cyber technology and aviation, but essentially what we're, what this past five years has, has done is really get us um, established well as a regional presence that can service the economy, the professions, the career opportunities. So about 90% of our students work as uh, current students and as graduates, as alums, within the um, from the Warner Robins campus, within 75 miles of the Warner Robins campus. We have 90% of our alumni. So. So we see ourselves very much as having to be uh, uh, in collaboration and partnership with the community. The past year has been um, a very pivotal one. All of the institutions that consolidated saw some enrollment decline. We did as well. We turned that around. This past uh, four semesters, our enrollment has been increasing on average of about 5% each semester, uh, which has with it headaches. They're welcome headaches, but it has headaches with it. And perhaps in terms of this past year, we were, for the for the both the regional and the local are two most, I think, illustrative examples were in our aviation program, which is a niche program, which is the only public four-year program. We were, able, we were able to conclude an agreement with Delta Airlines. We're only one of eight universities that now have a program of immediate employment as a pilot upon completion at Middle Georgia State with Delta Airlines. That, to be one of eight only that has had that accolade is, is tremendous. Uh, and and um, you know, we also received in this past year our largest ever gift, uh, which will help sustain our enrollment uh, and uh, be able to develop the Macon campus. And we, in this past year, were able to secure the state funding for a new residence hall uh, in Macon. 
So it, it's amazing. a good it's a good time to be at the university locally, but I keep wanting to remind my colleagues that we also have that regional impact. We have to keep that balance between local and regional very much in mind. Right, and it, it's astonishing to see the change that's happened uh, just over the last few years uh, where a, a part of town that might have been all forgotten now is, is seeming is breathing with new life and bringing a lot more attention to it, and we, we thank you for, for that. And transitioning from our uh, newest university to something that has the superlative of being the oldest, the, the first uh, college that was chartered to grant degrees to women is Wesleyan College right here in Macon, and its newest president, <laughs> uh, uh, brand, uh, brand new to, to the college, uh, seemingly, uh, Dr. Fowler. Uh, tell us about what's been going on at Wesleyan and, and your fresh tenure as president. Thank you, Alex, and I join my colleagues in, in thanking you for this opportunity to talk about what we do collectively, but what we do individually, because each one of us does have a unique mission and focus, and our mission is to educate women. Since 1836, we were the first college in the world chartered to grant degrees to women, and our mission is to create a, an academic community that is academically challenging, that is purposeful, that is inclusive, and that is where stu students are connected, not only with each other but with the community. This last year has been an exciting one for us too. We welcomed our second largest class of first-year students since 1976 and the largest since 2001. Now our numbers are uh, relative to our overall size. We're a small college for women, a liberal arts college for women with uh, connections with the United Methodist Church. So we have about 700 undergraduate women, but this year we welcomed 160 new first year students. And we're on track to have about the same number in our class next year. We're very excited about one of our newest programs, which has become one of our largest, and that's our Bachelor of Science in Nursing. And last year's class, the class of 2018, had a 100% pass rate on the NCLEX exam. That's and that's exciting. <laughs> yes. But also exciting is that uh, most of our nursing graduates remain in Middle Georgia and work in our uh, wonderful health care systems in Middle Georgia. And so like, like my colleagues, we are happy to send students all over the world uh, to serve, to teach, to uh, provide professional expertise, but we're also very happy that many of our graduates stay in middle Georgia to make this world a better place. And I think that's what is so crucial about understanding why uh, higher education institutions are so important to a community is that that's your pipeline of talent. That's your pipeline of people who are going to be the next leaders who change a community. And uh, I have to, to say that that's why I'm here. Um, uh, I, I say that I was a Mercer Bear, uh, graduated now uh, 11 or 12 years ago, depending on how you count. Uh, and, and actually, my senior year was President Underwood's first year. Uh, so it's uh, no secret that, that I'm uh, maybe a little biased, but, but I still love you guys too. Don't worry. Uh, the, but to, specifically to President Underwood, you know, when I was in at Mercer, uh, it seemed like an enclave, and it, and one of your signature accomplishments, from my perspective as an alum and as somebody who's invested in in Macon, is that you've really burst the the notion of the Mercer bubble. Uh, tell us about how uh, Mercer has changed its outlook to to really focus on the community around it, and and why that's so important to you. 
Well, I think it may be as much your accomplishment as mine, Alex. Alex was in a senior class, and he and three of his classmates developed a plan for connecting Mercer more effectively with downtown. Uh, his plan became the College Hill Corridor that was successfully implemented. Uh, the goal of that was to make sure during their time at Mercer that our students were exposed to the richness of this community, which I think is really important if we're going to retain uh, many of these talented uh, young people. It's important for them uh, to have a full experience with Macon during their time here. So Alex developed a plan along with his classmates for luring students off campus and into downtown. And when I look back at what's been accomplished under your plan over the last 12 years, it's pretty amazing. And uh, I will tell you that I think we're continuing to implement the plan that you all developed. Uh, we're moving more of our programs downtown than we've had in the past. Uh, in January of this year, we'll open the McEachern Art Gallery and Studios downtown. Uh, we'd like to see uh, hundreds of uh, tattooed art students running around downtown. We think that would be a wonderful thing for Macon. It's okay if they're untattooed. <laughs> Uh, and uh, hopefully at the end of this year, we'll have a, an exciting announcement about music programs downtown. Um, all that's important. We want these students to see what Macon has to offer. I think it's equally important to us that during their four years with us, uh, our students uh, develop an ethic of community service. And one of the things that I'm proudest of from this past year is the fact that the United Way of Central Georgia awarded its Volunteer of the Year Award to our student body collectively for their work in the public schools in this community, in uh, homeless shelters, in, uh, in senior citizen centers, in uh, public parks. And I think it's important for them to develop that kind of a community service ethic when they're with us so yes absolutely it, it really enriches a student's experience when they can experience the 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 lessons that they're learning firsthand and and really dive into a community and that's an impressive accolade that mercer students are now such a part of the community that they're recognized in that way uh, and as dr blake you spoke to the fact that one of the signature things about Middle Georgia State is that so many of your graduates stay right here, and many of them probably are from the, the region as well. And and with the, the change to the university and really getting into a lot more of these programs, strengthening community partnerships and an attachment to the citizens of Middle Georgia, uh, talk us through kind of the last five years and how y'all have really built those bridges out from being just a, a higher education institution to being a true leader in, in so many facets of, of the lives of people in middle Georgia that they may not even realize at this point. Well, certainly there was a very real sense that across our uh, five campuses plus the Macon downtown airport that I can virtually see from here, uh, <laughs> uh, this elevation today, um, that there was a, a sense of embeddedness was very clear. We needed to be embedded within those local communities. So, for example, let's take uh, Lawrence County in Dublin. Uh, that's been identified in the uh, 
the latest economic development surveys is being shortage uh, in terms of nursing. So we can move programs and develop programs around the needs of the local community, which is we've certainly been doing that in two very visible ways that perhaps we're known for uh, at some public level, and that's uh, I mentioned previously in, in aviation and in cybersecurity and information technology. Those are fields where a public university can directly be talking to the state about what are the things that are needed to build the infrastructure of, uh, at an economic level. On a, on a much more immediate student level, uh, when we developed uh, what's called a quality enhancement plan as part of SACS, which was about the same, the same theme that I think you'll hear from all three of us, which is student learning, yes, is intellectual, and yes, is uh, affective and social, but it also has to be civic. It has to have some connection to the world and the needs and the opportunities in the communities. So our QEP, as it's abbreviated, is about internships and service learning. And we've now got, I think, 15%, maybe 15.8% of our students have all gone through that program. Um, it puts them in businesses. It puts them in this building. Um, uh, for example, it puts them at the uh, Navicent and the Coliseum that we can see over there. It, it allows students to realize that while, while we are in the credentialing business, while it is essential, they graduate. And one of the great challenges, I think, for the University System of Georgia is, has been the, the, the need to take the complete College Georgia program and make it, make it strong. Uh, which it is now, we have to deliver a credential. We have to make sure that they leave. I'm often saying uh, we are not a business in the typical sense. We don't want our students to stay. We want them to go. We want them to go with a degree and have had the experiences, the foundational uh, knowledge and attributes to be successful. And part of that means that they need to be embedded in the community. For many of our students, that's also a, a challenge because they are working. Uh, they're working adults, uh, they have families, and they are not students of affluence. We're very proud that we are the most affordable university in Georgia. Uh, so you can graduate at Middle Georgia State before any scholarships or grants or federal aid. The, the price of a degree, a bachelor's degree for four years is $20,000. To be able to, wow. to be yeah, $5,000 a year. So the reality is that's a good starting place to take seriously what civic engagement means. And it also means are your paying customers, in our case students, are they able to access what you want? That attitude of, if you like, civic engagement goes right from the financial model through the academic model through the graduation model of what are you going to do with a degree. And that has taken off at the university. We understand we have a responsibility to that. Uh, and some programs are further ahead than others, but that's part of the beauty of any living organic institution. It's not, it's not monochrome. It doesn't go ahead in the same way. Different programs are doing different things, and that's Absolutely. a great place to be. And I think that's uh, one of the, the beautiful things about having uh, educational bodies is that uh, they can be nimble and respond to community needs. And, and part of why we have this legacy here in Macon of, of being responsive and being nimble is the fact that, one, that... Wesleyan was chartered here, and the reason we have a college street is because Wesleyan was was there, and they named it because that's where the college was, Wesleyan. Uh, and and despite having to leave and be nimble <laughs> after a, a catastrophic event, um, Wesleyan now boasts one of the most beautiful campuses and in a location that 
really is highly sought after by people uh, across the world who can have an educational experience unlike any other while being nimble. Uh, Dr. Fowler, tell us about ways that that uh, Wesleyan continues to play a role in our community and how it's done some things that might be a little avant-garde for a women's college to do. Well, first I'd like to comment on two themes that we've heard from the other two presidents, and that is uh, leadership, internships, and service. And uh, Wesleyan, too, is proud to deploy our students in the community for service. We have the Lane Center for Service and Leadership. And uh, last year, our students provided over 7,000 hours of community service. That's a lot for a, a student body of our size. And then secondly, the idea of internships and preparing students for careers. We are proudly a liberal arts institution. We love our uh, the, the, the ethos and the message and the, and the curriculum of the liberal arts, but we, too, have a quality enhancement plan and it's called from here to career how to connect the liberal arts with professional development and so we help our students think about a career from the time they enter and whether the student wants to major in nursing or philosophy accounting or English we want the student to see how to get from here to career because we know our students expect to to earn a degree and uh, and to be employed and we want them to be some of the things that we've done that people may not know about we have a very active Confucius Institute that provides uh, Chinese language instruction and Chinese culture uh, activities throughout the year we were just recently authorized to provide certificates in Lean Six Sigma training, and we have delivered that certificate program to many uh, professionals in the area. And uh, we, we have also, you mentioned our, our beautiful historic 200-acre campus, which we open to the community for so many activities. Most of our activities are open to the public and, and free or no cost or, or low cost. We have a 100-acre arboretum with a natural playground and a log cabin and a pavilion, and we welcome people and their dogs to walk on our campus. And so there are many ways for us to uh, make our facilities and our programs available to the community. There's another program I want to tell you about, and that's called WAL, the Wesleyan Academy for Lifelong Learning. It's a membership program for not just senior citizens, but people who are available in the day to take as many as 10 to 15 courses per semester. Most courses are four weeks long. Many are taught by our faculty, but many are taught by members of the community. Everything from uh, making history to religion to politics to uh, genetics, anything you can imagine. And it's a, uh, a wonderful program that has, we have about 150 senior citizens from the Macon area who are involved in it. That's fantastic. And, and again, things that you may not think about from a, a private institution to always have that focus that, and that's part of the beauty part of, uh, of the intellectual atmosphere that comes with higher education is that there has to be an application and reason for the things that are being learned and being developed. And that reason is people, the community that's around it. And, and really we, we think a lot about Macon is these divides or, or rifts between our colleges and our citizens, but I, I really don't think that's the case. And, and I'll just throw this out to everybody. Uh, what are some things that communities can do to really strengthen this relationship between citizens and, and universities? All of you have touched on some programs that you have uh, that go to it, but, but really what is it, uh, what's the, the secret to really creating that connection? And what are some experiences that y'all have had 
where you know that you've you've bridged it, where where you were part of a community and not just part of an institution. So I'll I'll throw that out to the group. There is a, a responsibility, a mutual responsibility of a relationship here, and so we look for the co the communities to be able to communicate with us. There's lots of uh, there's often the generation of tremendous research and knowledge. Uh, in any given society, it's the dissemination of that knowledge that's as critical as the generation of it. It's making sure people know what are the workforce needs, what's happening in terms of nursing credentialing, and what they're looking at. Are they looking for an LPN, or are they looking for an RN, or are they looking for um, an MSN? And believe me, the answers you'll get from different clinics and hospitals are very different on that one example. So it's important that universities can be agile and nimble and candidly and amongst friends here I occasionally I envy the capacity of the private sector to be a little more entrepreneurial risk-taking and innovative uh, in the public sector we we're part of a community a larger community of 26 regulated state-run institutions so there's a little bit more red tape um, but it is does seem to me that where you have uh, an ability for the public to feel confident and comfortable coming in, speaking, participating, knowing that campuses are vibrant places, knowing that uh, Mercer's campus is a great place to walk around. And actually, um, I was a uh, reason I'm late. I was on Wesleyan's campus just an hour ago. Mm -hmm. So if these are great places for the public, and I see myself as a member of the public to be involved in, to know that when there's a symposium, it might directly help your school, it might directly help your faith, a place of worship, it might directly help your hospital, and so on. So I think you've got to have an open door sense in which it's a two-way street. The big problem from the university perspective, it seems to me, is that while we must engage, we also have to be very aware, and I think presidents perhaps have to, this is Part of our job description as a president is to know when your mission requires you to do something and your mission requires you not to do something. Mission creep is a very real danger. And the more that you engage with the community, there are times where you need to know who, who takes what place on the field. Think of football, not soccer, because people move around <laughs> a bit more. But on an American football field, there are assigned roles. We have assigned roles. When they work together well, you win the game. And, and that's the skill of, I think, leadership within a modern university. Macon's been incredibly supportive of our work at Mercer, uh, really going back to our move to Macon in 1871. We couldn't have moved here had the city of Macon not been willing to make an investment in the university to enable that to happen. And we are always mindful of the fact that Macon has invested in us and continues uh, to assist us in just about every way that we ask. Uh, so when the city or the community or middle Georgia comes to us and asks for assistance, we try to be responsive. I'll give uh, the strongest example I know of. In the mid-1980s, uh, Robbins Air Logistics Center uh, knew that it was going to have to demonstrate that it had a reliable source of engineers if it was going to remain open. And uh, the, the base director came to my predecessor, Kirby Godsey, and said, would you be willing to start an engineering program because we're going to need it? 
and uh, and Kirby did that. Uh, we now uh, have a thousand students studying engineers and are the number one supplier of engineers to uh, to Robbins. Uh, that's an important way for us to repay the community for that initial investment uh, that it made in us. I think another important way to uh, repay that investment is to attract talented young people like you, Alex, and, uh, and convince them that Macon's a great place to uh, live, work, and play. And you stay and you become a leader in this community. Uh, so it's very much a symbiotic relationship. And I think the uh, community understands that, and I know that we understand it, and know that, um, that the faith that this community has shown in us requires us to reciprocate. The things that come to my mind are also those mutually beneficial things, and they will help the community know us better and us know the community better. For instance, placing our intern, our students as interns in the community both helps us and the community. Hiring our graduates helps us and the community. Telling us what other areas of educational training or curriculum are needed, for instance. And, and as you heard, we are nimble in private education. Just last year, I was having a conversation with a business leader here in Macon, and she said, you know, what we really need are more students who can do fill in the blank. And so we went to work and developed a, 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 an interdisciplinary major that will help students do that. And we want to hear from the community what the community needs. We provide many uh, summer camps, most of us do, and the community can enjoy those and we can enjoy uh, uh, getting to know families in the community through those camps. It's amazing just to hear you all talk about the the inherent reciprocity between not only uh, the communities and and the colleges and the institutions, but but the individuals, the interactions that happen, and and really creating this notion that the the intellectual aspects become the inspirational aspects uh, of our entire community. That that you cannot separate out one university, you can't separate out one aspect of it. It's all there together, and the. Uh, that that dyadic communication between the two really can't be divided, and and we uh, as Maconites continue to be excited to see the growth that you have because from an, again an economic development perspective, every student that y'all bring through your doors who matriculates is another person who's shopping in our stores, who's uh, helping new businesses get started, creating what what is the basis of all economics a market. Uh, for for the continued growth of Macon, and as each of these institutions grows, it makes Macon that much more viable, that much more vibrant, and that much more worthy of stories being told. And really, uh, the fact is, we're at a, a juncture where it's exciting for everybody. And uh, the the what I, the last question I'm going to ask y'all is going to be a two-parter: is knowing that these things can't be divided. The, the success of our community writ large and the success of your institution. Uh, tell me a specific thing this year that, that's coming up. You know, does, you don't have to, you know, spoil uh, a press release, but just something that you're excited about uh, and, and, and say why that, that thing is important both for your institution and, and for Macon. So I'll throw that out there, something that you're excited about that bridges that gap and, and illustrates the fact that there is no such thing as a town-gown divide. As much as people want to believe it is, it's actually a, a uniting factor that these institutions are here. 
So who wants to jump in first and, and spoil their uh, their chief of staff's uh, words? I, I'm, I'm not sure it's spoiling, but I do want to pick up something. Something you just said um, illustrated well the old uh, 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 maxim or cliche that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I think if you look at the panoply of higher education uh, in Macon and in the region, uh, it's it it's incredibly important that each part does its bit. But the collective effect is bigger than any one of us can deliver. And it's actually, although there is naturally a healthy competition, um, you know, there are 3,000 universities in the United States, and in a sense, we're all competing to attract students. But the reality in this community is that it, it matters very, very much to Middle Georgia State University that these two outstanding institutions in Macon thrive. It really benefits us. There's a, there's a real mutual interest in seeing someone else do well because the effect is to, is to actually manifest what the word university means, a plurality of voices, ideas, and strengths. It's not one strength. It's not one idea. It's not one monolithic way of looking at things. In fact, going back to that great American philosopher, Dewey, that's the very notion of democracy. Democracy needs that plurality. And universities' jobs is to make sure it's healthily replicated through each generation. And I give one example. Um, and it's not directly Macon, but it is back to the local airport. This is our smaller aviation program. Um, we have currently 60 students here in Macon, but we, we're hoping to double that to 120 aviators. But we're in conversations about expanding aviation statewide and being able to do it in Atlanta. And the reason that that's good news for Macon is that as long as Middle Georgia State can continue to be the provider of public four-year aviation, it will strengthen each of the campuses. Eastman will do well. Macon will do well. I, I, we have a, a campus down in Adel. We do flight down in Adel. And, and we hope shortly up in, and that's the end. That's my spoiler alert, um, <laughs> aviation expansion in Atlanta. We're still working on it. It's not yet a done deal. But part of my job is not to just to hide these discussions. Indeed, as a public university president, I need to foster that conversation. So I'm glad I've got an audience here that I can say we will strengthen aviation here and there if we can continue to play a role with the public and with each other. Well, I'll jump in with a couple of uh, fun announcements. Uh, first of all, I, I want to say that we have been talking a lot about students and programs and facilities and initiatives. We need to mention our wonderful faculty and staff because they also add not only to, they're essential to our institutions, but they add to the community and often provide uh, lectures and workshops in the community with their expertise. We couldn't do what we do without our wonderful faculty and staff. And our faculty and staff have some new programs to announce. Uh, Wesleyan is very unique in that we have on our campus an equestrian center. And we're one of very few equestrian centers on the campus, so the students don't have to walk far or get in a car to get to the equestrian center. And we are adding this fall a major in equine studies. We just last year added a minor in equine assisted therapy, so now we also have a major in equine studies. And we are adding a new master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. So we're very excited about that too. So hopefully we could have not just a 
a couple of Miss Americas from from Macon, but maybe some Olympic gold medalists. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I, I like the sound of that. Uh, President Underwood? Well, that's a great question, Alex, and I'm tempted to uh, talk about new academic programs or new research initiatives, but um, instead I'm going to talk about something that's not really an academic initiative at all. As you know, Macon has a legendary music heritage uh, from Blind Willie McTell through uh, Little Richard and Otis Redding and the Allman Brothers and Jason Aldean, uh, a continuous great music heritage. And the, uh, the historic Capricorn recording studios uh, are an important symbol of that uh, music heritage. Uh, here in middle Georgia. It closed uh, years ago, uh, but during its heyday, I think uh, it was one of the most impactful places on the music scene in the United States. And I think many people associate the heyday of Capricorn with, uh, with a time when, Mercer, when Macon was going strong. Our population was at its highest level at that time. And some people associate uh, the demise of Capricorn with, uh, with some harder times in the city of Macon. So I think we'll be announcing later this year that the uh, historic Capricorn uh, studios are being uh, restored and will be reopened by the end of the year. Uh, the historic studio will be uh, put back in service as it was in the late 60s and 70s and there will be a modern 21st century state-of-the-art studio along with it. There will be uh, uh, space to uh, incubate uh, young musical talent in middle Georgia. There will be a museum that tells the story of making music that hopefully will inspire these young musicians. And, uh, and I'm excited about it, in part because I love the music that was made there. Uh, but in part because I think uh, it's an important symbol to this community. I think the uh, revival of Capricorn uh, is a metaphor for the renaissance that I see taking place in Macon. And I think for that reason, it's an especially exciting and important community endeavor. That, that is fantastic and, and, and hard to imagine uh, something um, more impactful than, than having such a, a great symbol of of what Macon was and could be uh, restored. And, and all of these things, it, it really just shows that the intersection that higher education has with all aspects of our lives, whether it's the, the where you are uh, going to just have some basic programming, taking a stroll with your kids, uh, to uh, who's flying your plane, uh, where are they trained, how, how credentialed are they, and, and to who's making your music, who's going to make the next gold record. Um, all of those things are happening right here in Macon, and the driving force of it is is not just the government, it's not just the people, it's the fact that these institutions have been there forcing Macon ahead for so long uh, that they truly are the pillars of our community, and, and I, as as a citizen and someone in economic development, can't thank you enough for always looking to do things together for the best of the community in what we here call the One Making Way. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.